Hello, and welcome back Hello. to episode two. Oh, did you hear that? Of the Drunken Transfer Podcast. That's right. We're on. We're on episode two. That's double the amount of episodes that we had this time last week, or even the week before that, because it's been a little while, hasn't it, Finnegus? Yeah, it has been a little while. I mean, we, you know, we, 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 we obviously we put our first episode out. Um, essentially, the night of the price reveal. Um, so, what, uh, what we're not telling people at home is that you spent approximately seventy-two hours locked in a room editing thirty minutes of audio. I'm not a very good editor. Well, but you're, but you're a wonderful. I'm, I'd be lying if I said you're a wonderful fancy um, football player. Um, I'm not. You're a, you're a decent podcast host. Thanks, man. Um, so are you. Last time Spread out, we did the whole fixture chin wag. We tried to sift through the tran- the not the transfer list, the the fixture list, and make head and tail of it, and work out who we're going to be targeting. But honestly, it was all speculative because at that point in time, the game wasn't out. Yep. Um, we didn't have any idea of price reveals. And it was very much like the most pre-season-y, pre-season podcast you're going to get. This time around, it's we're down to the nitty-gritty. And, and we're, we're into the thick of pre-season, because, yeah. yeah, prices are out. The prices are out. The game's out. The game's out. Oh, wait, wait, wait. my God. And, and you know what, as well? I wasn't really on the, 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 the FPL ID hunt thing until last oh, season. But no, I've got a bone to pick with you. Yes. Because I know everyone's saying, oh, if you care about your, your FPL ID, that's the the little number you're assigned when you sign up to the game. Um, then you, I got called all sorts of things. I got called a virgin for caring about my <laughs> FPL ID. Last season's, I think mine was 40,000 or something. I was out shopping at Lidl. Ooh. With my mum when the game. Yes, launched. I remember, and I and I was stuck at home, and I didn't realise that the game had launched until you came back. But mm. yeah, no, you're quite right. But this time oh, round, there's we... a, there's, sorry to interrupt. There's a massive head on this beer. Oh, oh crikey! Uh, we were on the hard stuff last week. We were on the tea. Mm. This week we've uh, we've upgraded Irish coffee. Well, <laughs> tea and Maria. No, we're on the red stripe. Other alcoholic beverages are available. Please sponsor us, Red Stripe. That's Red Stripe Jamaican Lager. Bone to pick with you. Yes. I was determined to get a lower FPL ID number than you. Uh-huh. And you're a Mac user and I'm a PC user. And I don't know if anyone at home has, has had this problem either, but my, my lap, my, the game really lagged out for me upon launch. Well, let, let me let me talk to you a little bit about my strategy, Jacob. Because I didn't actually care about getting a good FPL ID until I knew that it was a competition with you to get the lower FPL ID. And I'm a deeply competitive person. So when too many... Our Wi-Fi in this house in which we live is, is rubbish. dog water. It's dog, it's dog meat. Um, it's utter and, gash. And as such, I switched to my 4G two minutes beforehand... And I think that's what did it. I think that's why the you thing wasn't lagging out. But your number was... Well, I I shouldn't be disappointed. I said, if I get a four-digit, I'm going to be pleased. And I think I ended up with 1035. Mm. Whereas you are in the very exclusive club Woo! of having a three-digiter. I'm a 300, baby. 300 on the nose. I'm so happy. So not only it. is it memorable, you've got the prestige of it being short. I'm also Gerard Butler. I'm the fantasy football Gerard Butler. I had to That's... take photos of you posing with a um, a Velux window-shutting pole, <laughs> as if it was a sword. Quite right. And and some scarf. Um, we had to we had to redo the photo shoot after we, we realised your nips would be on full display for Twitter. They did look good. By the way, on the subject of nips and Twitter, 
Twitter. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, um, I've not only have we, the Drunken Transfer, collectively got a Twitter account now. That's at Drunken Transfer. Um, I've also managed to twist Finn's arm, and he's now on Twitter too, at yeah. Finn's Doctoring. So give one, both, or either of those a cheeky follow. You don't have to follow me. And um, I will probably find it within me to forgive you for having a lower number than me at some point this episode, Finn. But it was a good, it was a good feeling on the day. But I did get the sense that you got a little bit well, sad. The thing is, I think I think we're both quite competitive, but I get upset easier than you. <laughs> And it's one of my great frustrations, the fact that you're not very easy to wind up. Shall we get down to business? Let's go for it. So first thing we've got lined up for today. On the agenda. Now that the prices are out, we were going to do a whistle-stop tour Mm. of what we think are our favourite assets at each price bracket. At the four million bracket... Who do you think is the best? Well, see, everyone's trying to find the next Aaron Wan-Bissaka or John Lundstrom. Quite right, yeah. And I'm looking at this list and it's slim pickings. I can tell you who I've gone for in my own draft. I know that a lot of people, goalkeeper-wise, seem to have gone for uh, Gatsuniga. I don't agree. At four? Yeah, at four. Is he at four, Gatsuniga? Yeah, 10% of the game have got Gatsuniga. Because in terms of Fulham keepers, you've got Gatsuniga and Rodak. Rodak who is priced at 4.5. Yeah. Um, the the FPL hive mind currently, less than a week into the game being out, seems to have settled on Gatsuniga as the 4 million keeper. I disagree. I kind of get the mindset behind Gatsuniga because he did so well for Tottenham when he played as a backup keeper. And the interesting thing with Marek Rodak, it is Marek Rodak, isn't it? It's M. Rodak. Yes. Uh, the interesting thing with Rodak is, when he was in the Premier League last time out, he did not adjust at all well, whereas Gatsuniga has is, is proven quality. So I can sort of see why people have gone for Gatsuniga as the four millionaire. However, the idea, or a good idea seems to be, when you're picking a goalkeeping department, is often to pick two from the same side. You're right in that, you know, there are clever shenanigans to be had with the, the four million keeper. The real interest, because let's be honest, how many times are you going to play your four million keeper in the season? The real interest for me is finding that four million pound defensive enabler who sits on your bench, occasionally does a job, might become the next best thing since sliced bread, right? And for me, I thought I was being really savvy and clever. I got one as well, so I'm intrigued. So I've had my parade well and truly rained on because 13% of people have had a similar idea to me in picking good old... Yannick Vestergaard uh, see, on their bench. You were talking to me about Yannick Vestergaard the other day, and it, Vestergaard's an interesting one if... Leicester defender, by Leicester defender, of course, uh, and, and of course was very good for Southampton for a few years. Vestergaard's an interesting one. If he gets a move to another lower league Premier League club, I can see him doing well. Brendan Rodgers doesn't seem to like him because he started... Well, <laughs> he, he's, he did well for Southampton, but he started he started a few games for Leicester at the beginning of last season, yeah, and, he, and 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 was was really poor. And he, the he, moves not come off. He him. basically didn't play again. He mm. and I think he then got injured. Looking down that list of four million pound defenders, not many other names jump out to me. I mean, I. Do you want to do you want to hear my one? Go I'll, on, I'll give not? you the rationale as well. I do think this could be a savvy shout, and I do think if you're looking for a four million defender to just pass the time on your bench, this could be a genuine option. Nathan Patterson is who I've gone for. He didn't get much of a run at last season um, at Everton. He joined in January from Rangers. I, I think he played maybe a handful of time for Rangers and had done really really well. Supposedly. According to the internet, <laughs> internet, there was a deliberate strategy to uh, ensure basically that he was accustomed or got accustomed to the pace of the Premier League. So 
uh, Lampard didn't play him in straight away, basically. He was due to start getting a run out April sort of time and he got injured. People who have seen him seem to think that he's really, really good. Seamus Coleman is getting on in age quite a lot now. I think there is every chance this season, and I could be completely wrong and he could completely fail, but I think there's every chance this season that Patterson gets a run out at right back ahead of Seamus Coleman. And it might not be the start of the season, but I think that he would be an astute pull to have on the bench from the start if you're looking for someone who you just want to be as a bench warmer. Because he could, he could start starting games for Everton. He could, could lead Everton to a glorious relegation, (laughs) which is what the neutral is all wishing for. Um, (laughs) Other honourable mentions, 5% of people at this moment in time are backing Jaffet Tanganga. Yeah, well... And to be honest, I feel like his chances might be somewhat diminished by the fact that Spurs, as we speak, slash record, are on the cusp of signing uh, Clement Longley on loan from from Barcelona, who I think is... I don't think that's a good signing. I know on the last podcast we said, oh, Spurs, they're doing some savvy business. They're doing some clever things. Basuma, Perisic. Since we last recorded, Richarlison, I know some people are waxing lyrical about. For me, he's not going to be anywhere near my team. You can save this 10-second snippet and play it back to me at the end of the season when I embarrass myself. Um, and I think it's it's honestly going to be the same for Longley. I think he's I think he's I think he's dog. Richie ain't going to be near anyone's team at the start of the season anyway because he's just got his one game back. Indeed, but in it's terms of Flaregate. Yeah. in terms of getting him in later down the line, maybe I I personally I I, and I wrote a strongly worded response to an Athletic article as, as such. Basically, you, you being love us. Like, you I love a shit stirring Athletic <laughs> comment, don't you? Especially on the United pages. Yeah, Occasionally, I will just be sat in my bedroom reading through the Athletic. Not as your housemate, but just as a reader of The Athletic. And I'll be like, God, who's written this? What a load of rubbish. And then I'll see the name and I'll be like, oh, it's Finnegus S. From it is, that's how it goes, it's Finnegus S. Yeah. If you also see a comment from a Finnegus S in the weeks and months ahead, dear listener, um, feel free to give it a down vote because I've, I've treated myself to it. I might be changing it to Finnegus BS. Uh, Finn. Talk to me about 4.5s because 4.5s, again, in terms of defence, because let's 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 remind ourselves from a midfield perspective, it's the cheapest midfield category. You yeah. can't get any cheaper. And than forward 4.5. as well. Yes, indeed. There seems to be a train of thought in that you're always spoiled for 4.5 defender options, mm-hmm. right? Who's tickling your pickle? Because for me, current draft, spoilers for later, I don't have any 4.5 defenders in Really? Yeah. That's interesting. And I, I know they're good for balance and giving yourself options. You know, I'm all like, go big or go home. Not a single 4.5 defender in sight for me. What about you? So I do have a 4.5. I will save him for later and I want to talk about a couple, mm. a couple of other options first. I think there is a there is a 4.5 who a lot of people seem to be jumping on the bandwagon on and who I'm also a big fan of. Um, in terms of the goalkeeping department, I will reveal who my current standing keeper is, and I have got a, the, the the full um, club version of them on the bench. Drumroll, please. I think David Raya is a really good option. We're um, so boring, aren't we? Have you gone for him We're as well? Yeah, I, I, I. So he had really great goalkeeping stats when he was fit last season. I do think that Brentford may suffer a little bit for not having the creative now to Christian Eriksen this season, and there is a little bit of danger of that sec- second season syndrome as well. 
but Thomas Frank is really, really, really focused on the defence, and I think I, th- I think he could be a, he he could be a good set and forget option. A little bit of fantasy football lingo there. I hate uh, that phrase, by the way, because like if if anyone was truly set and forget, like the number of times in in fantasy seasons of yore when I've been like fourteen, where I have set a team actually forgot about yeah. it and then come back yeah. at the end of the season to find I've finished like a million six million yeah, yeah. No, there's no such thing I yeah I think he's a good option for the keeping spot for the defenders I've got two um, defending options I think could be decent one of them is one that wasn't in the Premier League last season but I think will get a run out and you'll have to take a bit of a risk on this okay. and it might be that you won't get him in later I think William Salaber is a really good option um, I think that Arsenal look like they could have a decent defensive season this year well, if you have Salaber Gabriel and Ben White I think they're three good defensive options and I think that the fullbacks are good as well Salaber who is hopefully, from an Arsenal fan's perspective, finally going to get a bit of a chance at Arsenal after a relatively impressive spell at Marseille. Very impressive, yeah. It's, Arteta seems keen to keep him around. The only thing being, and I know you've touched upon it, mm. there are several other Arsenal defenders priced at 4.5, namely Tomiyasu, Ben White, exactly. who are going to be in competition with him. And that's before you factor in the likes of Gabriel. And yeah. So um, if you can identify a nice 4.5 Arsenal defensive asset who looks like he's going to get the minute, I think it's very savvy. Ben White, of course, did very well last season points-wise. I think he broke 100 points quite comfortably. If you want value and someone who's going to be a little bit more set in, I would recommend James Justin. The reason being... When Justin came back into the fold last year, the defence got better. Yeah. There's one from midfield that I want to mention. Go on. It's Andreas Pereira. Yeah. Pereira, if he goes to Fulham, and he was obviously set at 4.5 at Man United because he would have never played at United. But if Pereira goes to Fulham at 4.5, mm-hmm. he could be a great pick, especially if he gets a starting spot. He's creative... He's, he's a set-piece taker, so he's likely to be on free kicks and corners. I've seen him score a couple of really nice free kicks from United in, in pre-season and in the League Cup. At the moment, my two value options I'm looking at are Pereira and Patterson. I think you've been quite savvy. It's annoying. I really wanted to stick with the, the knife in and go <laughs> like, oh, Finn, like... But honestly, because I'm a sneaky bastard, I probably wouldn't have told you right away that they're rubbish. I would have waited until you've locked it in for game yeah, and then told you, you that they're yeah. rubbish. Um, for me, I, I kind of, I'm taking a leaf out of your book from from episode one, where I know you, you brought his name up. Uh, Tariq Lamptey. Yes. At 4.5. I, I think the loss of Basuma, like you were saying the other day, is going to hurt Brighton a little defensively. But what Lamptey brings to the table, especially in that in that Graham Potter system from an attacking perspective, he basically plays like an auxiliary winger. He passes the eye test every time I see him. He's brilliant. He is great. In terms of further up the pitch, um, similar train of thought to you in going with a more attacking 4.5 option because you, you've got your eye on Pereira, who's you know got his move to, to Fulham. Actually, a player that was linked to United earlier in the window but ended up settling in uh, in South London, Malcolm Ebiowe. Fixtures aside, because we were, we covered it last time out, Palace have got a difficult start to the season. Otherwise, I would have also been looking at Mark Gwehi at 4.5. But mm. they've got to play Arsenal, Liverpool, Villa, City, first four, right? But otherwise, I think he's one to keep an eye on. I think he's going to be given a chance in that Palace team. Palace fans, feel free to correct me on Twitter. I couldn't see any better 4.5 options than him at this po- at this point in time. Early days, I know. What do you think on five millioners? I really like some of the fives this year. And I know it's usually that really awkward price range where 
when you have a five in your team, the temptation is always to downgrade to a 4.5 to save the money and redistribute it elsewhere mm. or upgrade to a bigger hitter, right? And there are some great 5.5s in the game this year as well. But in terms of fives, the one that everyone's going to be having a look at, willing him to move to City, of course, is Mark Cucciarella. Cucciarella is a great chat. Who, if, if he does go to City... For five million, that is such a bargain way into that city defence with a real attacking ceiling as well. Other honourable mentions at five. I mean, in terms of attacking yep. defenders at five, you sport for choice because Kieran Tierney being at five is really tasty to me. Very good. At two point three percent of the game, we got Matt Doherty at this point in time. I think Doherty's a good chance. He had a transformative second part to the season under um under Antonio Conte. But uh, Emerson, similarly, his teammates at five. The one I hope, hope, hope that the the new regime at Man United is is gonna get a chance. You're looking at me like you know what I'm gonna say. All together now, it's Anthony Elanga. Oh, Anthony Elanga! I thought we were still on the defence. Oh no! Interesting. Elanga right. yeah. for me at five is cheap. Well, he is. I don't know. If there's any guarantee that he's gonna play. It'll be interesting if we get rid of Ronaldo his chances go up if we don't sign a striker. So again, it all depends on transfer development. For me, go on, I, I, I don't think there's any realistic striker options. And I think midfield options are also pretty terrible at five. In terms of defence, there's loans, like you say, the one that still sticks to me. And it's one that I haven't really backed previously in previous fantasy Premier League seasons. And he's been brilliant, is Aaron Cresswell. I think because he's still West Ham starting left back, they haven't really got a backup. He's still on set pieces. I think there's good value, but do you get him in for City? Yeah, and and to be honest, is he a starting squad player? And also West Ham. I mean, I don't know. Like this season, I've I've been following a few West Ham fans on Twitter who are very frustrated at the transfer policy this window, where there's been a lot of talk about who Moyes wants. And a lot more talk about who Moyes can't get. I mean, they've they've been in for Arno Danjuma, who just isn't happening on on personal terms alone. Are you sure you're not um, tempted by Joe Lolly at five million? Or <laughs> Joe Lolly at five million. Yeah. Yeah, bargain. Oh, your spiritual king, Harry Maguire, still the most expensive uh, defender in history. Getting the see. I tell you what, five million keepers are good as well. Oh, the keep. Keeper pricing is so interesting, isn't yeah. it? Because there is not a single keeper in the game for the first time in, in the time that I've been playing that is six million or more. They're yes. all five point five. Which which makes Allison, Edison, and Larice quite attractive. Really They're the only five and a half millions. Mm. Sarp Hope and Ramsdale at five, I think, are brilliant choices. I think that if you've got that extra point five to spend on the keepers, mine currently is on David Raya, but if you've got the extra point five to spend it is well worth an investment. My first draft uh, actually featured Edison. Really? That's interesting. Purely because I thought, I mean, because the, the, the classic critique of City is that, you know, pet roulette means that nobody is safe, right? Edison is the safest player in that City team. And I thought to myself, to, to pay a little premium for a nailed Edison all season... You know, on on paper, seemed like a good idea. Let's go five and a half. Yeah. Keepers, there's three, so take your pick. Um, Defence, Perisic seems to be the only real decent one. And he is the the right picking, right? Because everyone seems to want to get Perisic in. It gets a little bit more interesting when you go towards midfielders and forwards. Mm. 
Is there anyone in those positions that you think could be a real, real good pick? I thought it was a bit of a sleeper pick, but it turns out I'm not actually as hipster as I thought I was because 22.7% of current players have done the same thing as I have in getting in Pedro Neto. Another player who I think has been unfairly put to the back of people's minds just because of his injury record in the past. Yes. Neto is a player that whenever I've seen him play, I think to myself, he is a live wire in that Wolves team. And for a while, Wolves were a team that didn't score many goals, but he was a player that looked like he was going to make things happen, right? For me, as a 5.5 enabler pick, Neto's my favourite of the bunch. I think there's a really, really, really good vein of five and a half strikers that you could pick from this year. There are a couple that I'm really, really looking at. I think keep an eye out for Kiefer Moore. Mm. I think he'll adapt well to the Premier League. Denny's Undav is one that a lot of people have been talking about. Interesting. I mean... the. The interesting thing there, new signing. Yeah. And there's always the new signing risk. I think he, he, he is a new signing from January. Mm. I believe they um, they loaned him straight back out again yes. to Union Berlin. So it's all intents and purposes. He, yeah, he is. He is. But what I would say is I think it's smart from Brighton to have allowed him to have had that extra half season to continue his development. There is a new signing risk, but he scored so many goals last season in Germany that I think that what Brighton are missing really is a central striker who's actually able to finish their dinner. Because Mope and Welbeck aren't that. I love how much of a shit stirrer Mope is. Oh, he's brilliant, isn't I he? Just, I, I, Mope can be credited with the downfall of Netio Guendouzi. Honestly, like, I I think I he's probably my top three most successful Jimmy Rustlers of all time. <laughs> Jimmy Rustlers? Jimmy Rustlers. When you rust, When you're, you rustle <laughs> someone's Jimmy's, you're really good at rustling my oh, Jimmy's. I'm a great rustler you, you actually are probably That's the top That's a private podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, you are you are my favourite Jimmy wrestler. Mm. I reckon um, Mope is my third favourite Jimmy wrestler. My big five and a half pick is Joe Gelhart. Mm, no, right, sorry. <clears throat> Going to stop you there. You tried this on last season. Well, I did. You you always you you think the sun shines out of Joe Gelhart's ass. But I'm right. You're not. You're not. And, well, I'll tell you why I'm right. Go on. Because the last eight or nine games last season, Joe Gelhart was in a rich vein of form. And he had been playing really well up to that point. But form he is start, temporary. He, no, he, start, but he started to score. Nah, I, Joe, Joe Gelhart. And it, but don't, don't in forget, a really poor Leeds team. Don't forget. Well, thank you. You've made my point for me. Joe Gelhart was scoring from the bench in a really poor Leeds team and getting them out of trouble. Regardless of whether Patrick Bamford is fit or not, Jesse Marsh likes him because the last few games toward the end of the season, Gelhart was starting. Mm. Leeds have a decent run of fixtures at the start of this year. I think he's a really, 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 really good option. How Robson Carney started scoring for running at the back end of their last doomed Premier League campaign. The eye test, have you seen Gelhart play or are you just going on what you've... I've seen them a couple of times whilst I've been looking at my phone on the sofa. And he's failed to convince me yet. Look, he's failed to get I me said out of my Ian, seat. I said Ian Pervader Acampo was amazing. Yeah. So I've is, got. I've so got, you have no. Yeah. All right. Look, I've got form on saying that Leeds players every are great single time not. that Pervader Acampo is warming up on the touchline. You're like, he's brilliant. He's going to change the game. He's so good. Because he did well against Man Ian. City. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. I love you. I love Ian. Um, Gelhar, I think, is a really good option. I think he will start as well. And he is almost definitely going to be in my only draft. I look and forward to you getting egg on your face. Well, I, you know, and, I, and I may well get egg on my face. I do think he's going to be a really, really decent Premier League player. I'm going to get you his stats because I didn't Here get his go. stats. Joe Gelhart 
in the Premier League last season. At least two goals. Scored uh, two goals, yeah. Correct. (laughs) 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 Prolific. The prolific Joe Geller. He was brilliant. He was so good. Oh, he was so good. He's great. Remember when Joe Geller set the world alight with those two goals at the end of that Leeds campaign where they avoided relegation on the final day? Brilliant, inspired film. We'll get you on again. But, but look, he, he scored two big goals, and I can't quite remember that. What I can't remember quite how big they are. He's, I love Joe Gale. Yeah, okay, I'm yet to be convinced. Come on. Six mil. What are you saying? I think Ben Chilwell, if he stays fit. Reese James, is what, he's six as well, right? Reese James is also what, six. How are you picking between the two? Well, Marcus Alonso is likely to leave. Azpilicueta is also likely to leave, but Hudson Doyle is more likely to play right wing back. Now that you've mentioned... Dave Aspilicueta. I just need to seek the counsel of those people at home because I feel like you've been gaslighting me for Game months. Game of C. Um, according to my co-host Finnegus, yes. um, Cesar Aspilicueta um, is one of the greatest Premier League right backs of all time. Name me one better in the top ten. And I'll well, no, sorry, no, don't name me one better. <laughs> name me nine better. Name me <laughs> one better in the top ten. <laughs> oh, that's a tricky one. Um, I'll leave that with you at home as to who you start to listen to more out the two of us. But um, I would be tempted by Reese James, but I'm really, really just burnt by how we did at the back end of the last season and just was so off it after coming back from injury. 42.6% of people have got him in at the moment. I think that's crazy. James might have a good start to the season. I just don't think he'll stay fit. I think Dom Solanke's hilariously overpriced at six million. I don't think you can say he's overpriced. I know that he didn't do well in the Premier League last time round, and I probably won't be getting him in. But I think as as, as a Championship striker who scored as many goals as he did, Tony was six and a half. I think, and, and Mitrovic is too. I think any of those newly promoted six million strikers, I, I, I just kind of. Well, can I make can I, can I make an argument for one? You've got. I'm, I know you're going to say, oh, I, 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 I want... I'm not going to say I want I'm not going to say I want I'm going to say Brennan Johnson. Oh, yeah, it's a good chance. The, the reason why... I hate agreeing with you, but it's uh, a good chance. Yeah, but only because he's been so composed on the international stage in terms of his opponents, it, that suggests that he can make the leap are to you, Premier League football. Are you secretly um, the the scout for the official FPL page because that, this that's is, what they've said is it is it similar, exactly what they've said similar argument really, yeah, I, I, well, really I, I, no I've not seen that but I, I promise I'm not a copy Brian and Buemo I think suffers from the position change agreed in a way that Huang benefits not only has he increased in price but he was quite attractive as a midfield option for me less attractive as a forward option in a similar way to Kai Havertz who has also been been reassigned? Yeah, I think wise. I think Havertz benefits from not having another striker there mm. at the moment. We'll see if, if that ends up happening. Six point fives. Yes, uh, within well, defence you've only got Van Dijk, so you can only pick him. Bridge. And the forwards uh, are, are pretty minimal as well. I think Adams is Southampton's only reliable attacking outlet right now, so you could go for him. But I mean, I'm, I, I, I certainly think there's better value in in other um, positions. The one we've really got to talk about at six and a half is the is is, is Marcus Rashford being there in in the midfield because it's. It's it's an extraordinary down. It's so statistically, Rashford has depreciated in value more than any other player in the game. So wow. no other player has dropped by three million, and Rashford has. So I'll tell you what: if he has even fifty percent of a better season yeah. than he had last season, he's value at six point five. If Ten Hag likes him, mm. you never know. The thing is with Rashford as well. 
he knows it's a big season for him. Mm. And now we're entering like punditry land where we're saying, oh, you know, he's got it all to prove. And But he has been, to his credit, he's been posting pictures on Twitter and Instagram of him looking shredded in the gym ahead of um, of the first game. So the other 6.5s that jump out at me, I mean, Trossard, you know, we know he can turn it on and off. Mitrovic, newly promoted Alexander Mitrovic, is this the season when he finally cracks the Premier League? Capitalises on bagging a record forty-three goals in the championship last season. I think Mitrovic is—he's—he's um, he's one of these strange strikers that is uh, too good for the championship and not good enough for the prem. Yeah, and, and and other than that, I mean, this we're starting to get into big name territory here. Yeah, let, let let's go to sevens um, because you know we, here we start to run out of defenders. And, you know, you got yeah. Robertson or Cancelo. I mean, they're both good value. Um, midfielders and forwards. I. I, I I saw FPL General on Twitter. He likes Jack Grealish at seven. That's interesting. I... It's, it's, it's pet roulette, isn't it? But I think Jack Grealish at seven is quite tasty to me. I mean, is the argument that if Haaland is obviously playing as a central striker... That Jack Grealish becomes a good provider and for assists. Is, yeah. is that and, is that what is being tapped into? And also, into? We, we've seen at City as well that sometimes it takes a full season for a new marquee City signing to click. We saw it with Cancelo. Cancelo took a full year, and now he's the second coming of fullback Christ. So um, yeah, Grealish is one to keep an eye on. I think Ivan Tony as a as a, as a forward could could be um, finished last season well. Could be a good shout. Yeah, I, I I agree. I mean, again, another one who might struggle without having Christian Eriksen there. But at seven, you know, decent start to the season fixture wise. I think that yeah, I think that he could be could be decent. Seven and a half. What you saying? I mean, the no-brainer, obviously, because you would be... I'm going to say it now, so cover your ears if you haven't got him in. If you haven't got Trent Alexander-Arnold in your fantasy team, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. He has to be first name on, on the, on wow. the sheet. Just, just in terms of the value he provides at 7.5. Because for 7.5, you're getting like an upper-tier midfielder, effectively. Yeah. Because more often than not, he will get a contribution... And when over half the game own him, you are shooting yourself in the foot if you don't. I mean, 56.9% of the game own him. I only expect that to go up. Um, and, and I wouldn't be surprised to see the majority of people double up on the Liverpool fullbacks. I know for a fact I have. Um, other 7.5s that catch my eye. I know we've said we were a bit cold on the idea of United to see how they start the season. But if Sancho can... if, if can can respond to Ten Hag's ideas. I think Sancho at seven point five is quite decent. I agree. I think I think Callum Wilson could be good as well from the striking options if he stays fit, just because of the people he's going to have surrounding him. Eight million is the last position yeah. where there actually this is, is there. There is some going like, back to depth. our washing up conversation. <laughs> <laughs> this is the price range, the price range for me, yeah. where there are the most interesting options. Because they are like really good options, but with all with caveats. For me, if Mares can carry across his Champions League form from last season into the Premier League this season and be rewarded with minutes, I think Mares at eight is a snip. And I'm really shocked to see only three point five percent of people go with him um, so the, far. It's the it's the threat of Pep. It is, it? isn't it? And it it, it, it looms large yeah. like a piano ready to drop. But Saka at eight. I think 
represents value still. Brilliant. One of the most nailed players in that in that Arsenal team. Consistently comes up with the goods for Arteta. 20% of the game own him already. Um, Luis Diaz. We had a big conversation about him on episode one. I think he'll be a starter. If he does start, it's a no-brainer as well. Yeah. Because for 8 million, 30% of the game have got him in. I wouldn't go with Diaz instead of Salah. But if I could go Salah and Diaz... I mean, with them starting against Fulham, it's it's an option. Um, the one that I'm just... My eyes are boggling at this, but 44% of the game, Finn, I've got Gabriel Jesus in at eight. What do you think of that? I think he looks good value at Arsenal at that price, considering how well he's done when he's in the Manchester City side. Um, I think he could be good. I can see why people, people are backing him. I think that the eight mil value stuff is really in the midfield. Um, I'm going to be a stuck record from last episode. You always are. He's Luis Diaz. I'm always am. I'm a stuck record. Right, look, let's talk about the squads that we have preliminarily created. Here they are going to change. Here they are going to take. I've finished my pint. We've got down <laughs> to the wire. <laughs> right. <laughs> that this I've been looking forward to this all week because we've deliberately not revealed. We've been teasing players here and, and there. And, and people have heard a few of who we have picked Over on the, the podcast. Over the course of the episode. Raya, for example. But, We've deliberately kept our first draft a secret from each other, right? Yeah. So I, I cannot wait. I am you're salivating gonna, at the thought. You're going to be upset with my one. <laughs> I'm always upset. <laughs> Do you want to hear it? Go on, then you go. Okay, so we were having a discussion on if you could try and fit three premium assets into the. I tried, I laboured over it for a yeah. good hour and I just wasn't happy with it so have I, you done it yeah I, I have been able to do it but I haven't got Trent Alexander-Arnold in there or Jao mm, Cancelo no, um, I think that's mad so uh, the way I've been able to do it is have Raya and uh, Balcom as the keeper options um, and in defence I've gone for Robertson and Laporte who are obviously you know slightly cheaper options okay. and that Liverpool City I think, yeah, you've got to have the Liverpool and City assets there I've got Matt Doherty there uh, in, in again, instead of Jed Spence, if Spence arrives, there could be some issue about what Tottenham asset to have. I there. respect the Doherty pick. I think it's. I think, I think it's sexy. Well, I think it's a sexy and pick. Spurs start with Southampton, right? Um, and then I've got Tommy Asu as well to finish off the defence. I think Tommy Asu, and again, loads of people have weighed on nailed? about how great he is. Sorry, is he nailed? Well, I, I think he will be at right back. Who else would play? Pass. Quite right, Cedric. Ain't gonna happen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> midfield options so I've got Luis Diaz and Martinelli in there uh, and which, 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 which are obviously quite expensive mm. themselves uh, I have got Joe Gelhart up front um, I do think he'll start that first game against Wolves and I think he'll be an attractive option and that allows you to be able to have so long as you have a 4.5 4 and 4.5 striker on the bench in my case here I've got Pereira Patterson and Cameron Archer um, it allows you to be able to fit in Son Salah and one of Kane or Haaland which is very very attractive if you wanted to double up with Son and Kane at home to Southampton who I do think are going to be down towards the bottom of the Premier League this season in a Tottenham side which had a lot of investment and I think are looking quite good I think that's a really really good start and then you could swap out Kane for Haaland come game week yeah, two uh, when City play Bournemouth because surely mind. City are going to uh, uh, going to run run amok and you could also do the same with, with, with Diaz for Mares as well if you wanted to if you, if you wanted to stick with Kane and thought well Kane might do well against Chelsea and get Mares in, in, in some as well I think the team is okay the, the, I know your argument will be that, that Gelhart won't play mm. um, or I, we Gelhart could do is, an entire podcast series about how I don't rate Joe Gelhart but <laughs> 
that's, you know, <laughs> that'll be the sister pod. But you, well, let, let's hear yours. Well, thought, we know that Trent's going to be in. The, the interesting thing is, I thought you were going to have a real go at me because the fact that I've gone without Holland, I thought Holland was going to be one you'd have in. But oh, like, um, can I very make quickly make a very quickly make oh, a point about that go, team? One, 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 one last point about that team. If you wanted to swap Martinelli for Neto and Robertson for Trent Alexander-Arnold, you can. There you go, it's modular. So, Like some Ikea furniture. You know, if, you, if you need Trent and you have Trent and Neto over Robbo and Martinelli, the options are there. You love a tinker. I love it! You're a big tinker. Um, right, from the top, David Ryer in goal. No surprises. No surprises. Best fixtures. Fairly reliable between the sticks. Yeah. Bosh. Uh, let's ignore Willy Caballero on the bench. <laughs> um, back four of Robo, yeah, who I think is just one of the most valuable assets in the game at seven. Very nice. Um, double up, doubled up with uh, Trent, seven point five. So double Liverpool, Cancelo, nice. And, so you got big on the defense and Perisic and Perisic and Perisic. So I've gone big on the defense. Yeah. And I've gone big on the defence without having a five bat, right? Because I think they are four of the most attractive fullback options in the game. Uh, midfield five, we've got our friend Neto, the enabler at 5.5. Hey. Um, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope that Wolves don't crock him this season. I think it's going to be a big season for Neto. Um, Salah, captaincy option for the first game week currently yeah you got it has you, to be just has to be I mean, you, we, we were having a conversation with this about Salah can you afford to have Salah out of your team when he scored in four consecutive opening game weeks you can't no I mean Salah I think Salah and Trent first names on the team sheet for me but yeah so Salah's in the midfield along with Neto um, and then this is where things get a bit spicy I've already told you I've got Mares in there sure. that may well change I might wimp out and be tempted to get rid of the Liverpool double up, in which case Diaz comes in for Mahrez, right? Sure. For the time being, I've, I'm, I'm going to get burnt because I always put, I always get burnt by Pep Roulette. I always, who hasn't been burnt by Pep Everyone's Roulette? Everyone's burnt by Pep Roulette. Pep just exists to hurt us. At <laughs> 6.5, I've then got Martin Odegaard. Who, and, and I know that the... That's bold. Yeah, because I know that the worries persist about him being the assister to the assister and, you know, pl- not necessarily playing like the killer pass. However, the numbers don't lie. For last season, he still, he's, he's still got like respectable goal and assist numbers. I, I didn't really see anyone better at 6.5 that I at this point in time. That opinion might change. Rounding out my midfield five, um, Rafinha. But only because I'm banking on the assumption that he's going to go to Chelsea. Sure. If Rafinha doesn't go to Chelsea, Rafinha is not going to be in there, right? So placeholder. You, you, you can't have big forwards here. I've got one. Go on. And he's Harry Kane. He's pretty impressive. I have to say that you've been able to fit in as many pricey options as you yeah, have. I mean, I've, I know that you've got absolute bargain so, basement bench. So the, the starting eleven is Raya, Robertson, Cancelo, Perisic, Trent, Neto, Rafinha, Mares, Salah, Erdegaard, Kane. That is very good. I do think it'll be quite template with the exception of Erdogan. Yeah, but I agree that's with not you. necessarily I mean, the, the, a bad the, thing. The thing with Kane, I mean, we were having this discussion, weren't we, about how like Kane, with FPL Towers have priced Kane and Haaland really cleverly in that like you are basically being forced to pick between proven goal scoring track record yeah. in Kane, who we know is going to be nailed for Spurs, versus Haaland, who I know is going to be nailed for City, but at the same time, he's new, he's, I, I, we know he's brilliant, his record speaks for himself. How's he going to adapt to the rigours 
of the Premier League, you know. So, and, and to be honest, given that I've only got the two City assets in Cancelo and Mares, I might be tempted to flip flop between Kane and, and Hall, and I think that would be quite a savvy thing to do. My bench is absolute horse. It's Caballero, <laughs> Yannick Vestergaard, Lyle Taylor, everyone's favourite bad boy. For Nottingham, uh, for, for yeah, for Nottingham Forest up yeah, top, Forest. and and Sam Greenwood. So two rubbish four point fives. I don't like the bench, but Finn, that's my team. Yeah, I think that's nice. I think that I, 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 again, I mean, look, you're banking on the you're banking on the starting eleven, right? Um, but I think it works. I think it works very well. I mean, I've, I had a similar sort of tinker with the second team where I had. Uh, a starting Raya uh, three five two Cancelo Perisic Alexander Arnold and then a five of Son Diaz Neto Mares Rafinha mm. and then a front two of Kane and Tony and that still allows you to put Patterson an Archer or a Taylor uh, and someone like a, a Tompkins on the bench a t- t- two four defenders which is is, is risky because they're n- they're not going to play but again it's going slightly bigger I think I would like to be able to try and fit a five mil keeper in at some point. Yeah, I, I think to me, I, I had, I thought I was going to have a big old debate with myself as to whether the, the five mils and the five point fives were were finally going to be worth it this season. I think I'm just going to stick to my guns and stick with the four point five. I think the money's too too valuable elsewhere in the team. But um, on that note, it's probably about time to to say a tearful goodbye, isn't it? We've been harping on. We have. I, I we've been harping on so much. You've not even finished your beer. I've nearly finished my beer, which is good for me. Uh, I've been a good boy, mummy. I. For the benefit of the listeners, I hope you realise that it fell to me this week to pop to the off-licence on my way back from work to get us those two individual pint cans of Red Stripe. But I expect you to return the favour next week, Finnegan Stockton. Jacob, i finished my beer. <laughs> That's not a commitment to purchasing the booze on episode three. I've finished yeah. my beer. Listen, he's, can you hear him, folks? He's, a, he's, he's not only is he a lightweight, he's a, he's a cheapskate as well. Um, this has been me, Jacob Southcline. And me, Finnegan Stockting. And we're going to love you and leave you until sometime in the near future. Join us for episode three. I hope you've enjoyed it. Go back and listen to episode one if you haven't already. Give us a follow on Twitter, at Drunken Transfer. Send us all of your criticisms and, and, and witty jokes. And ha ha ha, and we'll retweet the best ones, and we'll block the most offensive ones. Yes. This has been the drunken transfer. Thanks for listening, and goodbye.